absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin In. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and we've got my co-host here, my main man, Scott. Scott, before I give you any introduction, I want to ask you a question. What do the New York Jets and Sebastian Munoz have in common? Um, well, Sebastian Munoz has a win, so it can't be that. Correct. The uh, answer is nothing, Scott. They have nothing in common. Sebastian fair. Munoz scores more than the New York Jets offense. Well, I mean, uh, he maybe doesn't score more than Sam Darnold, and, you know, that's what happens with the mono. <laughs> Sebastian Munoz last week won the Sanderson Farms Classic. Scott, I'm going to ask you honestly, do you care? Um, other than the fact that he got to take home a big cock, no. Fair enough. Tony Romo in the field this week. Just so you know that that's two weeks in a row of that joke and done till next year. Still funny. Oh, it, it will continue to be funny, but I'm not making it again till next year. For sure. Tony Romo in the field, okay, in Napa. Um, so I've got to ask you right off the bat. There's always a lot of controversy with allowing non-golfers in the field, right? We've got um, Steph Curry playing with Phil Mickelson in the program, but but Tony Romo is actually in the field as a sponsor's exemption. So is John Daly, okay? John Daly's got a little bit more pedigree in the game of golf than Tony Romo. So I ask you this, Scotto. Does allowing a non-professional golfer in the field cheapen the tournament in any way, in your opinion? No, not at all. Because, and especially for a tournament like the Safeway Open, they need something to put, you know, eyes on the screen, get people into the, the stands. Uh, again, this isn't for me and you. We're going to consume this content anyway. This is for the, hmm, I'm going to watch some golf before football. Oh, Tony Romo's playing? That's kind of cool. Maybe I'll turn that on. See how he does. He's probably not going to play that well. I'm probably better than Tony Romo. You know, and that's the thing. So chances are whoever's saying that isn't. But if it gets in the tune in, it puts more eyes on the product. And that's yeah. why he's in. Who else is going to get that sponsor's exemption? That's, that's going to draw that many eyes. Okay, that draws that many eyes? Nobody. But who else could have that exemption? I, I don't know. What about, what about the guy who finished 51st on the Corn Tour money list? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a ton of guys who could have gotten it. but uh, Yeah. Did you see, uh, and he didn't make it, but uh, your your boy, Stephen Iam, uh, tried to Monday qualify in. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, he did. And he played actually pretty well. I think he shot 200, didn't make it. Uh, yeah. But our other boy, I'm a meth head, made it. And uh, the meth heads are running rampant in wine country. So Byron Meth gets in. Actually won the Monday qualifier at six under. Finished like three hours before everyone else sat around. His wife caddies for him. Sat around with him and his wife and waited till every single person came in and ends up Monday qualifying. And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe having a week. Had a great 
year on the corn tour didn't make the top 50 uh does not have conditional status on the pga tour but obviously has status on the corn ferry tour so you know i i I agree with you scott with the eyes that will be put on the tournament it just everybody always says well golf's not really a sports an activity right they're not really athletes they're just golfers Mm -hmm. and you know at times that I guess it maybe annoys me at the ignorance of people, but then things like this occur, and I kind of understand where they're coming from. Like, obviously, Tony Romo is an athlete. Um, it, I liken it to this. You would never see um, Bubba Watson is an NBA super fan, right? Has played in, like, the All-Star Games Challenge and things yep. like that, okay? And actually did it during a tournament week. So you would never see a team sign Bubba to a one- or two-day contract, let him practice with the team, and then maybe come off the bench as a 12th man if they were routing somebody. Right? That would never happen. Right. The Jets suck. The Redskins suck. The Bengals suck. You would never see one of those teams allow you know, a guy that played high school football come out and play a down against these teams you wouldn't see a ymca swimmer a dude that swims at your ymca take a lane in maybe an olympic qualifier mm. because they happen to be a famous name but I think yeah golf, you wouldn't see like an alex morgan like kicking an nfl game either ex- exactly right just for the hell of it you know or sign right. a one or two day contract um you know i, I you let, let's say there's some celebrity out there um like let's say the rock right the Rock was a was a college football player at Miami, right? The Rock graduated high school 25 minutes from where I live. You know, like my kids play the Rock's high school uh, in every sport. You wouldn't see the Rock suit up to run one play at tight end for the Miami Dolphins, right? Might actually be able to help them. They're pretty he bad. Probably, <laughs> he probably could help them, but you wouldn't see it. And that's what I kind of get at. And that's where I struggle with this whole thing. I get it's cool. Like having Jerry Rice at a corn tour event, that's awesome. Having Steph Curry play at a corn tour event is awesome because the dude can play. Now Tony Romo obviously can play, but to put him right into a PGA tour event, I don't I don't know. I kind of I struggle with it, but then I contradict myself a hundred percent and I say, Well, hell, Safeway's the sponsor. They put the money up. Let them do what the hell they want. Right? right. If, if they want to invite Tony Romo and they want to invite John Daly to, you know, puff on cigarettes and drink Diet Coke all day long and, and, and whatnot, let them, it's their tournament. It, it wouldn't exist if they didn't pony up an incredible amount of cash. So, you know, I, I play devil's advocate. I see one side, I see the other side. I don't know where I stand with it. Honestly, I think it's a tricky thing in golf, but as long as it's not overused every single week, then I'm not really that mad at it, I guess. Yeah, and that's my thing. I, I don't want Tony Romo in the tournament every week. Uh, once a year is fine. Uh, I, I will say this for Tony Romo. He at least is make, he makes an attempt to be a professional golfer. Oh, uh, for sure. He practices know, he, his butt off. He does. He went, you know, he tried to qualify for you know, Q through for the web.com at the time through Q school. Um, he does attempt to qualify into us opens. Uh, yeah, 
uh, in my opinion, uh, I'm I'm okay periodically if they want to throw Tony Romo out there. Um, yeah, he's, he's and it's definitely, and it's, been, and it's been three times that he's he's played. Uh, yeah, well, he's. I was going to say he's definitely probably one of the top five quote unquote celebrity golfers, if you will. You know, I mean, the the dude can flat out play. And let's be honest, if he had the the pedigree of some of these tour pros with his athleticism and he had 10, 15 years under his belt playing in college and mini tours and stuff, I mean, hell, maybe he would be out there at this well, point. You also, the, you have to question the the damage he's put on his body from playing in the NFL. Oh, for sure. If you take that away, who knows? Uh, you know, and we can play that that what if game all we want. Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is he's in the tournament and he's not going to make the cut anyway. Right. So um, so here's my next question to you. And I was talking with Eagle Ranch Caddies uh, on Instagram and they're the caddies for this gorgeous course in Canada. And I was they asked me, they said, uh, you know, because I put up on Instagram, who's going to win the tournament? Wrong answers only. Right. We got some, you know, hilarious ones. Some people uh, funnier than others. But. They said, you know, John Daly, and that was a very popular one. We got about seven or eight people that said John Daly, right? Because he's in the tournament. Awesome. He's a spectacle. He's a show. Whether he's selling, you know, merch out of Hooters, signing women's chests, or, you know, milking the golf cart that he gets from the PGA Tour. Um, But I asked them, I said, who do you think has the better first two days? Because let's be honest, neither of them are making the cut. Tony Romo or John Daly, right? And they said John Daly. Now I'm going to ask you, Scott. Who do you think has the better first two days, Tony Romo or John Daly? Honestly, I mean, I don't see, and I'm I'm looking at scores. I don't see John Daly, well, Tony Romo completely blowing up. John Daly could come blow up like no one's business, and you know, shoot 85, 86. 95, Romo's 96. For sure, Romo's at least fairly consistent mid seventies. I I. You know, I struggle to to think that a multi-major champion, someone with, quote-unquote, some of the greatest hands of all time around the greens, would ever be put into a prop bet of who would score better, a non-golfer right. or him. But, you know, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And John Daly's at that level. And And if I had to put my own money on it, I mean, I don't know. I really don't. But I think... Tony Romo has the better Thursday, Friday combined rounds than John Daly. I, I, I think he probably does too. I'm trying to pull that up. And I, I feel like he's usually kind of like the mid to high seventies. And, and again, he's not making a cut, but yeah, I mean, look, he could go 81 tomorrow. If the condition, you know, I mean, you're in Napa, so the conditions are going to be pretty ideal, but he's, he's not going to go. He's not going to go 72-67. Do you know what I mean? That's not happening. He'll right. go he'll, I'm going to go on record and say he goes 79-74. He has a better Friday round. Yeah, that's gets fair. Ner- gets those nerves out. Um yeah, you have uh, 74 in the second round of the the AT&T Byron Nelson last year. Okay. So that that's fair. Yeah. And that's in his that home is the only score I can find for him. His uh his adopted state you know, of, uh, of Texas there is playing him. You got any, any idea on a winner, Scott, if I had to put a, 
you know, put that on you right now? Um, so we've kind of had a, a little bit of a run of, I guess, kind of first time winners so far, right? Latin American first time winners. Yeah. Do uh, we have any other guys from Latin America that haven't won yet? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, that was not the direction I was going to go, though. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to go with someone who has one on the PGA Tour. Um, and I, I was going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. Can Hideki win? Um, now, did Hideki pay you in advance for maybe some of his uh, uh, television money that he's getting from Japan for the Skins game to say uh, that? He- he did not, but if mm. he wants, I mean, especially if he wins, if he wants to split the, the check with me, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you're cool with that. I mean, I, there's there's no reason Hideki couldn't win. It's a fall field event. It's a, um, you know, let's say lesser strength of schedule field. Uh, I'm going to go with Cali Boy in California, uh, jump to the top of the quote-unquote still rookies, I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. Okay. You know? I, I have no argument against that. Y- you can't. You can't. You can't argue. I mean, honestly, you could name anyone in the field. Well, not anybody. Obviously, Tony Romo, John Daly. But you can name most people and be like, yeah, I, I could see that person winning. You know, that's how good the tour is nowadays. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you who people do like, who I kind of don't think it's going to happen. And it's it's a guy I really like, but Justin Thomas is a, a name that people are picking. Yep. I kind of feel like first tournament back, just had that surgery. Uh, you know, maybe the things are going to be a little off. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think the surgery is going to preclude him from winning, but I could kind of see it maybe with him having to rest up a little bit while it was being done. Maybe he's a little bit rusty. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's in the spot where it's going to affect his swing, but uh, you know. First tournament of the year, just coming off that, it's still going to be fresh in his mind. Like you know, for the probably the first few holes, like eh, you know, just throwing it out there as a a possible like red flag. Yeah, I kind of feel like JT for this tournament is just going through the motions. Like, yeah, I'm going to get the first one under my belt. It's California, it's wine country. You know, what I mean, hanging with the girlfriend there, see some of the guys. I'll chill with Phil for a bit, maybe do another fireside yeah. chat. Um. It's whatever, you know, it's whatever. I think Phil's the same way. Uh, got presented the opportunity to play the Pro-Am with Steph Curry and was like, yeah, my kids love Steph Curry. He's a basketball player, most well, probably second most famous basketball player in the world. Uh, yeah, of course I'll play. Yeah, cool. It's in California. It's not that far away from me. Yep, I'm good. You know, does Phil care about winning this week? No, I, I, don't, I don't think any of these big names really care until maybe Saturday. When they're still in contention, you know, they just kind of let, you know, throw the cards down, let them fall away where they may. And, uh, hey, I went 67, 64. I'm one off the lead. All right, let's play some golf this weekend. Yeah. Sean Martin picked Bronson Burgoon. The big goon, huh? One of my favorite names. Yeah, I love the big goon. So I was presented with Scott. I was presented with the press release for the challenge. Japan skins game. Okay. Mm. And so leave the pinning got that. If people out there don't know, it's our boy LT gray, Scott's pick, Hideki Matsuyama roars. And for some reason, Jason day. Wait, I don't know why Jason days in there. 
Jason Jason Day. Jason Day's in there. Tiger Woods. One of identifiable. One of those things is not like the other. That is correct. Um, although one of these things is not like the other. Matsuyama has no major. You could say true. that. You know, also, but also Woods, true. You know, Tiger Woods, the the icon of golf. Uh, Rory McIlroy, um, obviously best known for his podcasting abilities with Carson Daly. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, the token Japanese, being played in Japan, and then Jason Day, the oft maligned, oft injured, hypochondriac Jason Day. Is Jason Day even going to make it to Japan in one piece? Tiger Woods' body is so riddled with injuries and is 15 years older than Jason Day, and I am most worried about Jason Day being able to compete in Japan. So I'm just wondering if maybe they have, like, another Australian on call. Like, if Jason Day can't go, do they call Adam Scott in? Do they, you know, grab another Japanese player? I, I don't know. Who's, but anyway, who's let's closest one to this this event. Uh, yeah, I, why why is it not now now? I my first thought goes to why is it not Phil? Why is it not <laughs> what right? Why is it not uh, DJ? Why is it, why is it why is it not Brooksy? And then I look at it and it's I say probably, they probably did offer it to him and he said no. I, I wouldn't doubt. The money's not that great. I'll get into it after this. But you have someone from North America, someone from, you know, let's call it the UK, mm-hmm. someone from Japan, and then someone from Australia. So I get it. It's a very, very international style field. Maybe right. they want to double up on the Americans. Uh, but this is going to take place October 21st, ahead of the PGA Tour's newest event, the Zozo Championship, at a Courtier Golf Narashino Country Club in Chiba, Japan. So us U.S. fans can watch the Japan Skins live on Golf Channel starting at midnight on October 21st. So that's great for all of us East Coast fans, Scott. It starts on midnight. Uh, uh I'll probably throw it on the DVR and maybe watch a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. now the match, Scott p- played at a course that you played, Shadow Creek, right? The match was for $9 million, an astronomical amount. The golf was awful, but the mon- the monetary amount was through the roof. The challenge, Japan Skins game, is going to be played for a total purse of 350 thousand dollars the first six holes are worth ten thousand and the whole values escalating to as much as a hundred thousand on the final hole the winner of the challenge japan skins is the player who takes home the most money are we to be expected to get excited for tiger woods winning three hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh i kind of feel like what yeah, no. That that's beyond what Tiger Woods needs. The back end money and appearance fee money on this must be astronomical. How does Tiger Woods even get excited or get up to win ten thousand a hole? He probably gambles more than that with Michael Jordan. Yeah, well, and that's the the other thing is like none of those guys need that money. 
you know, like none at all. I mean, of the of the four, let's say, right, let's pick Matsuyama as being the least accomplished because he doesn't sure. have a major. Yep, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I just I wonder how much money Hideki Matsuyama has won in his career. Conveniently, there's a website I can look that up on. Yeah, you know, right now. And I guarantee is, you, it's in the the double digit millions. Oh yeah, Hideki in his career, uh, twenty eight five. That's what I think, twenty eight point five mil. Um, let's, let's check. Hold on. So so, so yeah, I I don't I don't know. I I want to see it. Why? Because Tiger's playing. I mean, really, that's it. If if yeah. you told me it was Matsuyama, McElroy, Day, and I mean, name any other player, I'd be like. Okay, cool. I'll watch it because it's what we do. But as a non-golf fan, I don't really care. Um, but three hundred fifty grand—I mean, that's like a fourth-place check at a big tournament. It's yeah. not even—it's not even win- a winner's check. But I guess they're in Japan. They're getting some back-end money from from Japanese media or Japanese sponsors or something like that on the other side. And then they'll play in the Zozo Championship after, which I'm assuming is going to have a a you know, pretty hefty purse. First one ever over there. I'm assuming, you know, a mil 1.2 for to the winner or something like that. The total purse is 9.7 million. So okay. it's that's up, up, there. up there. Yeah, that's up there. Uh, Hideki, 25.88 million. Okay, so I was three mil off. Well, maybe he wins the skins and that, and I'm closer to my number. Uh, even more impressive for him, 150 total PGA Tour events, 128 cuts. That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, he's only missed the cut twenty-two times. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, those are those are Tiger four point numbers. You know, yeah, not bad. Uh, so the Dunhill Links, Scott, is at St Andrews this week, which I mean, in my opinion, is probably the more interesting of any of the tournaments that are out there. And the Dunhill Links is basically for people that don't know, uh, it's a European Tour event. It is it is literally the mirror image of the Pebble Beach Pro Am just played in the UK, right? We played here at Pebble, one of the most iconic courses, and we pair moronic celebrities up with PGA Tour players. And they take six and a half hours in the rounds, and Bill Murray acts like an idiot and, you know, holds babies and, you know, smacks women's bottoms and whatever, and basically just generally acts like an ass, and everyone loves them, and someone ends up winning the tournament. Now, the Dunhill Lynx is, for the most part, the same exact thing, but it's played at St. Andrews, which, in my opinion, is a little bit cooler. Um, I got to ask you, Scott, if That's you a lot were... Cooler. What's it's, that? I think it's a lot cooler, actually, but... Uh, yeah, you played St. Andrews. Ah, it, digitally. Sure. So, if you had to pick any celebrity, let's say you're a PGA Tour pro, and they invite you to the Dunhill Lynx in St. Andrews, who would you pick, Scott, as your partner? Doesn't have to be necessarily a good golfer, but what celebrity would you pick as your good as your, you know, your host, your celeb partner? All right. So with you being the host. Yep, go ahead. Does it does it have to be someone who's in the field? Like No, 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 no. This is this is they have to be alive at least. Like, don't tell me, ah, I'm gonna pick Arnold Palmer, or I want to pick JFK. It can't be that. Well, I, I, I asked that question specifically because, well, one, Bill Murray is in the field of the Dunhill. I, I know. Uh, I saw. Don't remind me. And then the, the, the list that they give you, and these are the people they're highlighting, 
Justin Timberlake. Okay. Yes. Uh, Matthew Good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Greg Kinnear. Okay. I mean, he's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke Wilson. Okay. Oh, and, and that that's the only ones I mentioned. So it must take a huge dive after Luke Wilson. Vladimir Klitschko is playing. Yeah, well, they didn't think to mention that. That's actually WBC kind of... champion. Yeah, right. That that's cool. It's <laughs> it, it's funny. It's funny, Scott, because is that on their website. <laughs> that actually is a hint as to who my celebrity partner would be. But I'm going to ask. Go ahead. You're going to ask you first. Uh, so. Yeah, so uh, here's my my pick, and it's always twofold. If it's a scramble, uh, I'm taking Steph Curry. Okay. Um, or you know any kind of competitive event because he's going to shoot, you know, well, somewhere in the seventies. Yeah. Then we have a really good shot. Uh, if I am just picking someone who I want to spend four hours with, uh. It's actually someone who you're not going to be surprised that I'm picking him, but it's not a guy I would have picked a few months ago. Uh, but I'd take Wayne Corbett. I knew it was going to be Wayne Corbett. I, I, <laughs> you could have put a gun to my head. I would have, I would have been safe. Yeah, and, and there's no way, if you would have asked me this question before I went to that, that meet and greet back in, I guess it was December or whenever it was, there's no way I would have picked him. But he is every bit as engaging as you would hope he would be um, in that setting. I can only imagine what he'd be like one-on-one, you know, just hanging around on a golf course. So now we need to kind of post-preface or post-edit this for people that are out there. Wayne Krebet was a undersized wide receiver for the New York Jets in the mid to late 90s. He will go down as probably one of the top five greatest Jets of all time. Now, to Scott and I, he is the greatest Jet ever, and that is how we refer to him as. Um, Joe Namath is probably the Jet that most people that follow football know, but true New York Jets fans know that Wayne Corbett was the best Jet ever. So Scott got to meet him at, at a meet and greet one time at, uh, was it an Italian restaurant? A yep. restaurant of some sorts, right? It's a- it's a pizza place that has like okay. a fancy Italian restaurant tied to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's Scott's uh, celebrity partner, which would be fantastic. I would caddy for both of you guys just to hear some of his stories. Um, oh, you're, I, you're caddying. If I, if I get a caddy and you're not playing, you're caddying. No, for sure. Um, and vice versa. Now, my celebrity partner... I don't. Well, first off, if I was going just based on golfers, I'm taking Tiger Woods as my partner, and we're winning the tournament. Oh well, yeah, I wasn't taking. I figured it had to be. Am, yeah, so. that's yeah. Like, yeah I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that for the purpose of, of of this little vignette right here. However, my celebrity, I think, would be the most fun to be around, maybe the most unpredictable to be around, and it is none other than Iron Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson is the antithesis of literally almost everything that I believe in, but I love the man. He was an enormous part of my childhood, and I absolutely love the man I used to watch. I've seen, literally, this is no joke, every single fight. My dad and I used to get the pay-per-views 
every single time when, you know, heavyweight championship boxing was actually something and it wasn't as corrupted as it is nowadays. Um, but I would love to spend four and a half to five hours, you know, for the week with Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as, uh, yeah, as soon as Klitschko came up and you said that, that, <laughs> I knew what you were going with. Um, so just, uh, I'll, I, I mean, I guess some people are not as famous in the UK as they are here because the, the list of names that the complete list of amateurs that are playing, there are some names that probably should be highlighted, but aren't because they, they just aren't like Ahmad Rashad is playing. Of, of course. Uh, like who doesn't know him? Huey Lewis of, you know, Huey Lewis in the news. He's playing. Um, uh, Batia is playing. Hmm. Not not Akshay. Oh, just oh. some, just some wealthy Indian dude, uh, Amit Batia, uh, who is the deputy chairman of the UK construction group Breedon. He there also are... he also owns some football club. Yeah, I was gonna say there there has to be a ton of UK only. Um, celebrities that we just that we just don't know of, just because we're ignorant to what is going on. I mean, it, it's just like if you went over to Japan and they had twenty, you know, Japanese boy bands, you'd be like, "Who are these people?" You know, and in Japan, they're yeah. huge. You know, it's it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. Um, the guy who owns the Houston Astros is playing. Uh, yeah, because Don- why not? When you own a pro sports team and the amount of money that you have, it's just like I'm going to do whatever I want. This weekend, honey, what do you want to do this? Well, I don't know. You want to go for dinner? Nah, I'm going to go fly over to St. Andrews and play in the Pro-Am. Well, did they invite you? Nah, it doesn't matter. I'll show up. I got money. Yeah. I know the tournament organizer. Yeah. John Rahm's dad is playing. Rory McIlroy's dad is playing. I saw that Rory's dad was playing. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Some dude who's, yeah, uh, the owner of some capital fund, he's playing, and I love how his his profile says that he plays most of his golf at Wingfoot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's a different world. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Now I know you weren't watching much of the Mid Am, and I only caught a little bit online. But I think it would be unjust and unfair if we didn't allow our listeners to know what happened at the end in the final of the U.S. Mid Am. Now the Mid Am is a USGA run event for those that don't know. And it's for the mid-amateur, meaning 25 years and older, that is not in a senior division. I believe senior starts at 50, so between 25 and 50. Um, So it's basically the top post-collegiate golfers in the world that aren't pros. Anyway, long story short, uh, guy from Australia, Lucas Michel, wins 2-1, and right? And on the last hole, he's playing this guy, Joseph Duraney. And Duraney's got 10 feet for birdie, right? And that would send the match to the 36th hole, okay? The last hole of the tournament. But the putt breaks across the hole, and he misses it. And that's when things get kind of weird. Duraney takes his hat off, goes over to Michelle, and the crowd starts cheering. That would kind of be the universal... Um, non-linguistic sign for, hey, you defeated me, congratulations, I surrender, concession, you win, you're the champ. 
But Michelle still, Lucas Michelle still has like three, three and a half feet left for par to end the match. And then this guy goes over to him, Duraney, shakes his hand, looks down at the putt as he's shaking his hand and goes, oh, sorry, that's not good. It's much further away than I thought it was. So Lucas Michelle is like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, backs off, composes himself, talks with his caddy, drains the three and a half foot putt and becomes the mid-end champ. Scott, what what's the longest putt that you feel safe conceding to someone if you were in that position? You're, look, your uh, club championship is match play or was match play. Like my club championship was always two-day stroke play, but yours mm-hmm. was match play. So you've been in these situations before. I have not. What do you feel safe conceding? What's your mindset when you're giving putts to people? So, depending on where we are in the the match, um, uh, one and depending on how good the person's been putting, uh, I, I'd probably concede the three and a half footer to someone who was draining, you know, three three and a half footers all. I always wonder there's a little gamesmanship there where he had always intended on making him putt it and he's just trying to throw him off a little bit. I mean, that that is That's the shadiest kind of gamesmanship. Stuff. Yeah, that is so shady. Like taking your hat off, going up to the guy. I'm, I'm literally mimicking these motions now because I can see Scott and, and going to shake his hand and then looking down and saying, oh, dude, that's longer than I thought it was like. Wow, that is some Seve Ballesteros. That's some Earl Woods gamesmanship right there. Right, exactly. So I almost wonder if there's some of that going on. Um, but, I, I mean, I almost wonder if he had missed some kind of those, you know, three and a half footers throughout the course of the, the match. And this dude was like, ah, he's been missing those. Uh, I changed my mind. I don't know. I, I you know, I will say... I. I the the club championship last year the it was I won my match on Saturday the Sunday match uh, the guy who I was playing played in the other match with me and he saw me miss a bunch of putts and he was definitely aware of that and definitely made me put some putts that you would probably expect to be given and I wasn't because he had seen me miss some the day before you know, and some of them I made on Sunday and some of them I didn't, including one that would have kept the match going to the 18th hole. Okay, but last hole of a tournament, let's say, you're mm-hmm. not giving a dude a three. I Look, if if a guy was making a putt to win it, I'm not even sure I'm giving him a two-foot putt if it's for the win. Right. I yeah. may have given it earlier in the day, but, exactly. like, dude, you're shaking – you got butterflies, like you're ready to throw up all over yourself. Like I can't, I can't, I can't just concede without you earning it. Right, exactly. So, and that's the thing. So, in this particular situation, uh, you know, it, it's one thing to give a guy a putt. It's another thing to <laughs> make it seem like you're going to give it to him before you're sure that that's what you want to do. Yeah, it's almost like I go to shake your hand, I bring it back, I'm like, psych! 
putt that yeah. fool. Like you, like you thought you were gonna get that putt. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you crazy boy. You ain't. You better make that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, never so seen that before. So no, me neither. So here's what I'm thinking. What we should do is we should take these two guys, and we should take Matt Kuchar, and who's that? Sergio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And let's WG, WGC match play in Austin. Yeah. Yep. Let's pair them up and have a and have a you know a little four ball. That's something I would watch. I'd yep. be more excited for that than I would be to watch the Japan skins. Yep. And let's have you know, uh, let's have Kucher going. Ah, should we give it to him? Nah. You know, like let let's have fun with it. Yeah, and Sergio, you know, punching at the air, being like, you, you better give that to me. Give that back to me now. Yeah, exactly. Retroactively give me that, give me that putt from two holes ago. Yeah, exactly. And then Sergio can, like, ruin greens, and Kucher can stiff caddies. It'll be awesome. You know what, Scott? I also don't like, I know this is going, I'm circling back yet. I don't like the name of it. The Challenge Japan Skins. No, it's stupid. It is stupid. Just, PJ just Tour must have had a hand in that. Yeah, just call it Japan Skins and move on. I'm still waiting on hearing back about some media credentials for the Virginia Champions Tour event. And I have a feeling that we're bashing the PJ Tour so much lately that they're purposely waiting to the last minute or going to flat out just deny. But they, they give us all the P- actual PJ Tour stuff. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe the Champions Tour works differently. I was gonna say they, yeah, they don't want to give us too much access to like Rocco Mediate or whatever. I have a, I have a feeling the Champions Tour probably doesn't even check the PGA Tour media site because they probably think nobody applies for Champions Tour media credentials. They probably look like a week before they're like, ah, we haven't had anyone for this tournament for years. Like, oh, leave the pin and wants to come. Yeah, guys, shoot them guys an email. That's cool. And and someone. There's like, hey, it's already Friday of tournament week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, mm, you, you, you want that much access to Retief Goosen? Okay. I want to just give VJ a sticker of the Leave the Pin and VJ sticker. Mm. You know? That's what, that's what I want to do. Uh, all right, Scott, we, we are in the quote-unquote 2020 season, the 2019-2020 the season. And we're two tournaments in, about to go three. And we've not talked about the majors once and where they're going to be this year. And I know a lot of people out there don't really pay attention to this because it seems like it's, you know, so far away. But before you know it, the winter's going to thaw and we're going to be at the Masters, Scott. So April 9th through the 12th, the Masters tournament. If you don't know it's at Augusta National, I'm not really sure that we can be friends anymore. And I don't mean you and I, Scott. I mean the people out there. I know what you um, mean. We've got the PGA Championship next. This is our second year of the PGA Championship, coming second on the list, May 14th through 17th. And we're heading to the left coast, Scott, the complete opposite side of the country from where Brooksy dominated at Bethpage. And we're going to TPC Harding Park. So, obviously, we don't need to talk about the Masters. We've been... We know what Augusta's like. We'll talk about it when we do our Masters preview. But any thoughts on, on Harding Park at all? I mean, it's, it's had two WGC events. 
uh, 10 years apart in 2005, 2015. It's had a President's Cup. It's had... It had either a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup. Yeah, it was a President's Cup. Yeah. Um, it had three PJ Tour champ- uh, Champions Tour Charles Schwab Championships. So, it, you know, obviously TBC Harden Park has the pedigree, um, but it's a TPC course. And we know what the PGA Tour does to those TPC courses. Do you think they're going to really push that live under par initiative and we get someone that wins the PGA Championship at like 20 under? Uh, I do because the guy I'm going to pick, I feel like, is a guy who in majors when he's on is very on. You're picking a champion for the PGA already? I'm going to pick a champion for the Masters and the PGA. And it's, and the, it's same. the same person? Well, you said going low, so it's not going to be Tiger. Because Tiger's never going to win things at 18, 19, 100. That's not his style. He doesn't like that. Somebody that goes... You're picking JT for the first two tournaments of the year. First I'm not. You're, you're uh, picking the resurgent prodigal son, Jordan Spieth. I'm not. I, I'm, I, I am taking him for a major, though. You're going to take him at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. I am. I know. I, I, knew, I don't know how I knew that. I, I, I feel it. Uh, no, I, 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 here you go. Ready? I'm calling it now. I have all four of my big guys. All right. So, just, just so you know, it is Wednesday, September 25th that we are recording this at night, and Scott is picking the Masters as well as the PGA champion. And for, I, already picked, and I already picked the U.S. Open. We already have so, the U.S. Open winner. So for 2020, Scott, tell me who's going to win the Masters and the PGA championship. Uh, the the hottest player at the end of last year, Rory McIlroy. Wow. You think he's going to hold that flame all the way to the Masters? I feel like something's clicked. He's going to complete the career Grand Slam because you said so. Absolutely. All right. How could you argue? Um, and also, so the, the last WGC that was at TBC Harding Park was won by Rory McIlroy. So Rory for the Masters, Rory for the PGA, the prodigal son, Jordan Spieth, at our home, winged foot, we'll be there. Who's going to win the Open? Uh, this is probably a, a bad pick, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, Eldrick Taunt Woods, also known as Tiger Woods. I. Would never doubt Taunt's ability. But I just want to make you aware of the fact that four major championships next year, and you have completely eliminated the bodybuilding Hulk himself, Mr. Naked, birthday suit king, Brooks Kepka. Uh, yeah, but, you know... <laughs> three seconds and a fourth you know uh, all of those things are possible okay okay so so here's the thing either i'm right or brooks Kepka could win all four of them (laughs) (laughs) i love the rory masters pick i just honestly dude it's going to be every single year from now until if he ever wins one the lead story is always going to be him completing the career grand slam and I'm, I'm not sure 
I'm not sure he's going to do it there. I definitely don't see it within the next five years. I think he needs a little bit more time there. you got to give that man a little bit more time. PGA Championship, TPC Harding Park, San Fran. I got no clue. Tony Finau, first major victory ever. All right? Sure. U.S. Open, Wingfoot, Scott. Good Lord, my man. I would love nothing else for the prodigal son to return. And I will agree with you there. And I, I, I love Tiger at Royal St. George's. I think that's, that's phenomenal. Middle of the summer, you know, mid-July, Tiger, Royal St. George's, the Open Championship, stingers left and right, two irons off every tee, yep. not hitting it into a bunker. He wins at seven under. Could happen. Probably the will. Only, yeah, the only uh, other caveat I will offer to my picks uh, is if Phil is in contention on Sunday at Wingfoot, I'd love to see him exercise those demons. So there's no better story in golf than, God, I'm overusing this a ton, but the prodigal son returning, right? Phil has burned at the stake at Wingfoot. We literally saw his career come to almost a screeching halt. I mean, ashes of Phil are still flying around Wingfoot. To see him come back and exercise those demons and rise like a phoenix at Wingfoot, there might not be a better story in U.S. Open lore. I don't know if you could write it any better. I especially don't know if you could write it any better if Phil, on the 18th hole, blows it into the stands again, but makes par this time around <laughs> to win the U.S. Open. Maybe yeah. he could also, for dramatic effect, just hit it into a garbage can one more time. Yeah, maybe. I'd also like to see him win and just walk, walk off the green, just be like, yeah, who's an idiot now? We, we have talked about that. I think four or five pods ago we talked about this, and you and I say this all the time. There needs to be... See, golfers never end their careers. It's never over. It's just, hey, I haven't seen that guy play lately. You would right. think, hey, David Duval's retired. No, he's not. When a tournament comes to Colorado, he plays. He'll play a corn tour event. He'll play the father-son championship. No one ever walks off into the sunset. I feel like Phil, I feel like Tiger with the amount of golf that they play with the high profile that they've had for their entire careers. I feel like when they are done, they are done. Phil does not play the Champions Tour. Um, Tiger does not play the Champions Tour. Maybe there's a one-off appearance here and there. Honorary starter, but that's it. So I could see both of them playing in the, the Senior Open, the U.S. Senior Open. Uh, sure. Because it's a that. USGA it championship that yeah. has yeah. some prestige. And, and, and look, those are USGA guys, and I feel like Tiger and Phil, for all their shortcomings and insider trading and infidelity and whatnot, still do give back to those that help support them along the way. So I could, I could definitely see that. But we don't have that story in golf of the greatest player or a player at their peak walking off after winning something, right? The NFL has it. They've got John Elway. Right, the John Elway story is literally something that's written for a movie. Um, I, I, 
don't follow hockey. It doesn't exist in my world, so I'm sure hockey has something. They probably have Mark Messier with the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup, and sure. I think hockey, think after that, to be honest with you, I have no idea. Hockey people can chime in. Um, I mean, base, baseball has baseball has a, a ton. You know, baseball has Nolan Ryan. Um, baseball has baseball is going to have Ichiro. You know, this year, Jeter. Um, I think in a Jeter. Yeah. Um. Um. Mariano Rivera. You know, baseball has a ton of them, but golf doesn't have that moment yet, and we need it. And Phil has to do it June 21st, 6.30 p.m., Wingfoot, Mamoranic, New York. Well, if that happens, I'll, I'll be there. So I'd love to see it. For sure. I, still, I, 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 think, Spieth, I think Spieth's winning. I, I feel like this is, this is his year to come back. Well, I am, you know I could not be more in agreement with that or happier if that does occur. Do we have anything else, buddy? Uh, there's, the, well, we can talk about this next time, but let's talk about it now real quick. Yeah. We kind of mentioned it last week, and I think the when you said the PGA Tour is listening to what we have to say, uh, there's an article on PGAtour.com where they rank all of the 59s that have been shot on the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, uh, this would be good. Yeah, and you said uh, Duval and Al Guyberger were the, the top two. Right, my reasoning being Guyberger being the first, and Duval won the tournament in Vegas with the fifty nine, mm-hmm. which is which is sick. Yep. Uh, so those are one and two. Duval one, Guyberger two. Uh, Brent Snedeker, who shot a fifty nine in the two thousand eighteen Wyndham Championship, his is third. Um, you want to know a weird fact about that fifty nine? That was the first ever fifty nine where all fifty nine strokes were recorded and shown live. Mm. It was it was PGA Tour Live that did it. They had him in the featured group that day. Funny enough, I started my day at work as he went off early watching the first three, four holes and then got a text alert later on. And I was like, huh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, you want the rest? Yeah, I want to know who's in last place. Which 59 That's- sucked the most? So well, <laughs> next, yeah. next is JT. Uh, at the 2017 Sony, which I honestly didn't even realize that happened. Uh, after that, Furick, not his 58, but a 59 that he shot in the 2013 BMW. All right, let me stop you right there. Is the 58 even listed? No, which... Okay, the 58 should be number one yeah, in the 59 I... list. Because it was a friggin' yeah. 58. Exactly. Uh, Stuart Appleby in the 2010 Greenbrier. Paul Goidos in the 2010 John Deere Classic. Um, I remember the then, Appleby one very, very clearly. Yeah, that. That's, that was the year before he got like beat up, right? No, that wasn't. That was that Robert was, Allenby. Oh, that's right. I always. Stuart Appleby's a good dude. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Allenby's a. Dude. <laughs> Robert uh, Allenby got. got mugged by hawaiians or so he told people <laughs> he was just <laughs> drunk and fell all over the place no i i i i'm joking I, I now, now Stuart <laughs> appleby's gonna call in and be pissing us scott <laughs> successful if we get Stuart appleby on the very true podcast. very true uh and then tied for last kevin chapel adam hadwin chip beck and that's it those are the last 
the uh, why? It's like they didn't feel like ranking them, so they just tied them all for eights. <laughs> why are we still talking about fifty nines when somebody shot a fifty eight? It's like saying, um, "Hey, the Major League Baseball home run record is seventy two. Let's rank all the people that sh- that hit sixty five home runs. Mm. Who cares? They didn't hit. They didn't hit seventy three. They hit sixty five. Exactly. Jim Furyk shot a 58. A freaking 58. Just fathom that for a second. 58 strokes. Most of the people listening to us now, ourselves included, are taking 58 putts. This dude took 58 strokes, and we're worried about the PGA Tour.com ranking 59s. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know. Here's my ranking. Ready? Jim Furyk, 58, number one. I witnessed a good chunk of that 58, by the way. Oh, I remember uh, it. And it, it was pretty awesome. What tournament was that at? That's Travelers. That's it what I'm saying. Actually, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened. You know why? It's because it, it was right after the U.S. Open and people didn't care. Right? They, they had that major hangover. And they were like, oh, I shot a 58. Oh, yeah, but someone won the U.S. Open the week before. Who won the U.S. Open that year? Do you know? Uh, I was actually just going to look it up. What year was that? Be interesting to see if it was as a some big hoopla surrounding it, you know. It was a 2016. 2016. That's that's how that's how awful our short-term memory is in golf. It's 2 years ago, I can't even remember. Well, I mean, technically 3 tournaments ago, but I don't know. Who who won who won the 2000 DJ at Oakmont? Oh. You know, oh, was, I was. Jeez, I was there. Good lord! Yeah. You know, who came second. That is how many. That's the problem with with fifty tournaments a year. You just literally cannot remember. Like when we were going over Rory's um, PGA Tour Player of the Year qualifications, like you forget he won three times. You're like he won the Canadian Open. What? I'm at the I, tournament. I can't remember DJ won it at Oakmont. That's awful. Now, do you know who came in second? Hmm. Eh, Brooks. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No. Let me see. Patrick Reed. Uh, no, it's actually Jim Furyk. Huh. Yes, I do remember that. The only reason I said Patrick Reed is because I remember seeing him and Justine carrying the bag, and I thought, what an odd juxtaposition of this tiny little... Mm-hmm woman with this ginormous bag and Patrick Reed walking like 80 yards ahead of her. Jim, how, how, how far away was Furyk from, uh, from DJ? What'd they finish at? Uh, DJ shot four, was four under. Furyk was one under. Shane Lowry also tied Furyk for second. Shouldn't even have been a surprise then to see Furyk go out and dump, you know? I mean, you, look, you, you know with golf, it's like with anything, yeah. you ride a hot streak. And when you're hot, you just want to keep playing, yeah. you know? So he finishes second at the U.S. Open, then goes out the next week and shoots 58, which again. Yeah. Now, mind you, he, he shot 58 but did not win. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why it's not all the way. That's why it's not talked about that much, you know? Exactly. That's awful. That's awful, shooting 58 and not winning. That's like Chapel. Yeah, dude got fifty nine, then had three other rounds over seventy. Exactly. Hey, I would love to shoot fifty nine. 
I'd take it. There's some days I'll take 59 on nine holes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Not often, but. Yeah, every now and again. I played right before this today, Scott. Drew had baseball practice. I went out, got five holes, one birdie, one bogey, three pars. Rocking and rolling in the, uh, in the fall here in the Northeast. But it's sad, Scott. Things are starting to die. It's starting it's to get a little the corner. I looked, my, I looked at my yard. It's, it's not a pretty sight. Well, you guys haven't had rain either, right? I haven't had rain in I don't know how long. Two, yeah, three it's been, weeks, maybe. It's been a while. Ball runs forever, though. I got to tell you. It's pretty nice. Hey, Let's, listen. We got we to gotta thank our sponsors. Yep. And, and I'm going to tell you what. There's some cool stuff coming out of our sponsors, um, which mid early to mid-October, we're going to be showing you some sick stuff from Mulligans Golf and from McEwen Golf. So mulligansgolf.com and Mulligans Golf on Instagram and Twitter. You know, you got to check out their shirt. Super soft cod. I mean, it's awesome. I wore one today, actually, underneath my uh, cutter and buck quarter zip pullover because, obviously, it's, it's, uh, it's layering season. You know, it's quarter zip season in the Northeast. And they've got some cool stuff coming out. They've got some stickers. They're actually going to be doing some cool stuff. They're going to be putting some of their T-shirt designs on stickers and kind of packing those and selling those and shipping those out individually. And then McEwen Golf has some pretty sick stuff. Diego, the owner, is on his honeymoon. So, Diego, congratulations. He's in Hawaii right now. Some of the pictures he showed me were sick. So that's awesome. Very happy for you guys. Uh, Long, happy, loving, successful marriage to you and your wife. But McEwen's going to be dropping some sick stuff, and they're going to be kind of doing it like those other companies that do real short runs, quick drops, and we're going to have kind of firsthand knowledge of when they're going to drop. So make sure you listen to the pod. Make sure you like it, subscribe, leave us a um, message on iTunes, leave us a rating on iTunes, you know, help us spread the word out there because we're growing. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, at Leave the Pin as well as on Twitter, at Leave the Pin. But Scott and I are more active on Instagram for sure. But definitely check out Mulligan's Golf. Definitely check out McEwen Golf because there are some sick things coming out. Scott, anything else for the people? I think that's about it. Very yeah. cool. Very do it. cool. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Have a good one.